Welcome back to Rob Gill's Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn how to take action on your financial future, click the link in our bio to speak to us directly. To learn more about how you can achieve financial freedom, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Rob Gill all over social media. Financial freedom awaits. So this is an interesting one because the question that's being asked is, you know, how is infinite banking a rich man's protection strategy? And what I would make the argument about is that it's not only a rich man's protection strategy, but it can be an all-weather protection strategy. And so in today's video, what we're going to focus on is what is infinite banking how can you operate almost like your own bank? How can you build out wealth in all different climates, in all different markets? And how can you use yourself as your own leverage? So you're hearing it all over the internet, right? What is infinite banking? Well, let me give you the definition of that. The infinite banking concept was invented in the 1980s and allows an individual who has enough money in whole life insurance policies to continually borrow from himself using the policy as collateral. Instead of borrowing from a bank under this setup, you'd borrow from yourself and pay yourself back over time. This is the concept of becoming your own bank. So when we're talking about becoming your own bank, what we're really talking about is how can you optimize your leverage and more so the velocity on your money. So think about it. If I take money out of a bank account to make a strategic investment, I might be earning a rate of return in that investment, but where am I no longer earning a rate of return? In the bank. Now, if I borrow that money to make the strategic investment, I'm gonna to have to pay loan interest from where I borrowed it from, and that, typically speaking, I'm not gonna be able to write off under most circumstances. Well, what if I had the opportunity to borrow against the equity in my own life? Yes, I'm talking about overfunding a life insurance policy where the insurance companies, when built the right way, will allow you to borrow against the death benefit of the insurance policy. You're not withdrawing your cash out of the policy, you're simply taking an um, essentially non-recourse loan against your insurance policy to make that investment. Why would I do that? Well, here's why. Because I'm borrowing someone else's money. I'm borrowing the insurance company's money. I'm not actually taking out mine. So what's happening? The insurance company continues to credit interest to my money uninterrupted inside of my insurance policy. So now I'm earning interest inside the insurance and I'm earning a rate of return in the strategic investment that I just made. Two rate of returns, not one. But where does the infinite piece come into infinite banking? Let's check it out. The infinite part of infinite banking refers to the whole life insurance payout when you die. Since whole life insurance policies always pay out as long as the premiums are paid, a person can continue to borrow against their insurance policy throughout their life. Upon their death, the payout from the insurance policy can go to the beneficiary and allow them to be their own bank. It's called generational wealth. While I'm living, I'm using life insurance, right? Who wants to think about life insurance, right? They want, that, that's, they're thinking about death. No. You're thinking about the living benefits and the living opportunities of what an insurance policy can create for you. When structured the right way, 
and overfunded and using the leverage tool and component, I can continuously borrow against my insurance policy. By the way, there is no permission slip for borrowing against an insurance policy. If you have leverage and liquidity or availability, I should say, you can borrow against it. So you can have unlimited loans outstanding as long as it's available to you. So I borrow against my policy, make an investment, make a home improvement, purchase a car. I can do whatever I want with it. And if I'm earning a rate of return on what I borrowed the money for, that rate of return can be used to replenish my leverage in my policy, repay my policy loan while I'm living. But when I pass away, folks, don't forget, this is still a life insurance policy. A death benefit is generated, minus any loans that I might have outstanding, to my beneficiary who can then construct a similar strategy. And this is how you create multi-generational wealth vis-a-vis -vis infinite banking. Well, you know, when I think about building out wealth, I'm thinking about how can I supercharge my money? So let's take a look at supercharging here for a moment. One of the keys to a successful life insurance policy is to superfund the cash value as much as you can without tripping up the IRS rules around modified endowment contracts or MEC. Because this is a powerful tool, the IRS has many qualifications about what can and cannot be taxed. In the 1980s, the IRS enacted a rule called the Modified Endowment Contract Limitation Test, or the seven pay test. And essentially, in English, what that means is if I take way too much money and overfund an insurance policy, that would essentially outright finance that insurance policy in seven years or less, this is not a life insurance policy, this is a tax shelter. And the IRS isn't gonna allow me to do that. So if I grow money in there and I borrow it, what happens, it almost acts like a 401k, becomes taxed and can potentially be penalized as well. Don't want that, right? That's the last thing that we want with life insurance because we wanna keep the integrity of the tax-free nature. The good news is that at Epic, we design these policies to stay right below those thresholds. So we know when a policy is gonna become a modified endowment contract. It's based upon your medical insurability, your life expectancy, and also what you can save and overfund into it. But here's the good news. As long as we stay below those modified endowment contract thresholds, we can really supercharge the tax-free compounding that's taking place inside this insurance and build out your leverage at a much more rapid rate and compound wealth over time. So every single day I'm having conversations, dozens of conversations, in fact, with people who want to be and operate like their own bank. I'm going to give you an example of that. Hey, you business owners, this is for you out there. I'm going to show you an example of how a business can operate like its own bank. Becoming your own banker means you can loan money out to your own company, charge your company interest. Then your company pays you for the use of your money. Your company can write off the interest, you can recoup the interest, which you use to pay back your policy loan, and you then repeat the process ad infinitum. So if I own a business, one of the things that I could take a look at is funding a life insurance policy, but having the business own the life insurance policy on my life. Now, why would I do that? Well, one of the reasons you would do that is because if I'm gonna use the insurance policy as a banking system, and I'm gonna take a loan against the death benefit or against the cash value essentially of the insurance policy for business purposes, where I know I have a controllable ROI. Maybe I'm doing ads. Maybe I'm investing in infrastructure. Maybe I'm buying property. Well, I'm loaning myself the money to be able to deploy into those strategic investments, whatever they are. Loan interest, 
is going to be assessed on the money borrowed. But guess what? When that loan interest is repaid by the company, you may in fact be able to itemize that on the business's income tax return. Now, what you want to do is check with your CPA to make sure that that is viable for you. I am not a CPA. I'm not giving tax advice, but it may in fact be something that you could itemize. And then we rinse and we repeat and we rinse and we repeat. Regardless of where we are in the economic cycle, nobody likes paying taxes, right? And I would say that there's probably argument out there that at some point or another, you can see tax rates increase. And I'm not just talking about at the individual level, I'm also talking about at the corporate level. Well, one of the great things about life insurance dividends is that they're credited to me tax-free. So let's check that out. Tax-free dividends. A whole life insurance policy will also have what's called non-direct recognition as opposed to direct recognition. With non-direct recognition, you will earn the same dividends whether you have borrowed money from your policy's cash value or not. There are two ways that a life insurance policy can be structured. It can be structured as a direct recognition or a non-direct recognition insurance contract. A direct recognition contract is one in which when I take a loan against my policy, I potentially have dividend interruption. Bad thing, that's not what we necessarily want, particularly in this environment. Non-direct recognition contracts are one where I'm using an adjustable loan interest rate, not a fixed rate, where it would become automatically direct recognition, but a uh, adjustable loan interest rate, where when I take a loan against my policy, not only am I getting an uninterrupted dividend credit to my cash value, but I'm also receiving that on a non taxed basis. That is incredibly powerful when I have something that is accumulating on a tax-deferred level and then I can loan against it on a tax-free basis. This is why wealthy individuals, but really so many of our clients are taking advantage of building out life insurance policies that can ultimately become a tax-free income stream when structured appropriately for your future retirement income distribution. Consistency wins sometimes. We've gotten accustomed to consistent rates of return being generated in markets and being generated in real estate, but there's variability there. One of the nice parts about a whole life insurance policy is the consistency of the return of the asset class. Let's check that out. A whole life insurance policy not only gives you a rate of return when the markets are doing well, but it doesn't lose money when the markets are doing poorly. I think the biggest mistake that people make when they're looking at the cash-on-cash cash accumulation with a life insurance policy is that they're comparing it to the S&P 500, or they're comparing it to real estate or a Bitcoin or a strategic investment. And that's like comparing an apple to a hand grenade. You wouldn't necessarily benchmark the rate of return that you're getting on your house with an ETF uh, that's publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange, right? They're two completely different animals, two completely different asset classes. Whole life insurance contracts are structured to accumulate based upon a life insurance company's growth rate, interest rates, and life expectancies. That is not correlated necessarily to markets per se. So if stock markets retreat, one of the things that I know, and you can check history on this because in the Great Depression, World War II, the 87 stock market crash, the tech bubble burst, 2008, all of those times, guess what accumulated in value? Yeah, it was a whole life insurance policy because of the way they're contractually structured and the way that dividends have been credited every year since essentially the 1800s. Are they guaranteed percentage-wise? No, they're not. That is variable. That will change. 
but it's been consistent and you do have a minimum guaranteed interest rate, all weather, regardless of market conditions. One of the most powerful things that you can do when you're looking at a life insurance policy is due diligence on the company that you're buying, right? Because not all companies are created equal. So let's take a deeper look. A good life insurance company is critical to the policy working effectively. Everything has to happen the right way. The dividends have to pay the right way. The loan has to be structured the right way. And it's got to be serviced and illustrated the right way. One of the things we pride ourselves here at Epic on is the deep, transparent education that we provide to our clients, not only on how policies are being built, but the reason that we're using the companies that we work with. We've done the investigative reporting on the health of the company, their Comdex ratings, as an example, the length of time that they've been in existence. Are they direct recognition or non-direct recognition? Do they have good home office support? Do they have good field support? Do we feel comfortable in recommending to our clients that they put their faith in these insurance companies? What I can tell you is that the companies that we are currently placing our business and our clients with, we feel incredibly comfortable about. We're building them with non-direct recognition. We're receiving consistent dividends. And by the way, our clients are using it as leverage to build out wealth. So we've covered a lot, right? And what's exciting is that we want to provide for you your own blueprint. Right? This is not reserved only for the rich. This can be designed for anybody. We can design it based upon your ability to save, based upon your budget, based upon the decisions you've made up until now, and are they gonna serve you for the future? I would love to provide for you your own personal blueprint. Go ahead and click the link below. And either myself or one of our team members here at Epic will have a conversation with you, build out your blueprint, and perhaps build out an insurance strategy where you can operate like your own bank. Hey, so thanks for spending a little bit of time with me today. If you like what you saw, go ahead and hit the like button. We're putting out new content each and every single day. If you'd like to see more content, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you can continue to get the content that we're putting out. That's it for today with Rob Gill and the Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. Be sure to hop to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe and tune into all the podcasts. Also, be sure to follow the Rob Gill YouTube channel and Rob Gill social media channels. We'll see you on the next podcast.